Metallica, here they come, the kings of metal. This is Jay Weinberg from Slipknot, and you're listening to Metal Up Your Podcast. podcast i'm ethan luck and i'm clint wells this is episode 176 and we are doing finally finally a listen through and commentary of saint anger and some other good news we are not remote right now we are in the same room We're for the first the time room. since everything went nuts it is so hard to not hug and kiss you <laughs> let me tell you believe me i've had that problem my entire life and this is only the third time since quarantine started that we've seen each other in person one time clint picked up something from my house out in the driveway the other day, we were able to go in the studio with, with, with Paul. Paul? And uh, be a part of a session at a, at a pretty safe distance. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now we're here. So this is, I've got butterflies. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> I really am. It's really good to see you. I know. This is great. And uh, we're going to wave to the YouTubers. So this is going to be on YouTube. And uh, you can follow us on uh, Patreon to get early access to that. So big day, 2003, St. Anger. Mm-hmm. We've been doing the Year in the Life series. So we're contextualized. We're caught up. And we're ready to do another deep dive because we've done some deep dives in the same anger. Right, yeah. We've covered the album before. We covered some kind of monster. And as we, I think for the remainder of the podcast, we're going to be just hitting things that happen along with the Year in the Life series. Right. Exactly. So that means we're going to be revisiting some kind of monster, the film. And uh, now that we're kind of hanging out again together, safely, of course. Uh, Ethan brought his own microphone. I did, yes. And uh, we're, we, we're going to ex-nay on the spooning, the post-episode spooning. We right, yeah, do. which is unfortunate. but um, But we're going to be able to watch that together. That's yeah. going to be fun. Maybe have a movie night. Ooh, I love it. Popcorn. And uh, we're going to be doing the bonus DVD where the boys played the whole album in its entirety live, which is some of the only times, well, it's the only time they played, like, Purify. Yeah. Um, so, and that's actually a really good recording, you know? So that's going to be fun to yeah, dip into. Yeah, that'll be a blast. Came, the DVD that came with the album. Right. For many people, that's the only saving grace. Exactly, because the because it doesn't you know it doesn't have the some of the sonic issues that the album ting, has. Ting. And uh, to celebrate, to get in the spirit, first of all, I'm wearing my Saint Anger shirt. I'm wearing my special shirt, oh, ska band, everybody. And <laughs> we have here the vinyl. I'm holding this up for people to see, and the cassette tape. That's which, right. Which uh, was given to us, I believe, by Angelo Gonzalez. Yeah. A uh, friend of the show, patron of the show, so very, he has a very giving heart. So um, we are in the Saint Anger spirit today. We are. We have multiple formats: cassette, vinyl. We'll be listening to it digitally. <laughs> We're covering everything. What are we missing? The laser disc. Laser disc. Yeah. yeah. Well, the compact disc. Right. Right. But who I have to? the I have the CD in my car. Okay. You so, gave it to me, I think. Uh, Maybe you didn't, but I do I have g- the CD. I gave you a, bu- a couple of them to talk. Okay. Time. Either way. Uh, I guess that doesn't matter. Now, here's the important thing for you at home. We're going to hit the housekeeping. Everyone knows how the show goes. Yes. 
Uh, so we're going to do that in a second. We're going to try to keep it brief because we want to get into this album. However, I must remind you all again, if the housekeeping portion's not your jam, which is A-OK. Fine. Mm, chef's kiss. Uh, skippity skip ahead. Yeah. Just go ahead and skip ahead. Yeah. It's easy. It's pretty easy. Yeah. I do it on many podcasts. Oh, I, I like. do it. I mean, there's a lot of podcasts I listen to that it's just nothing but advertisements for the first 20 minutes. Right. Sometimes. Like Joe Rogan does like yeah. a 10 minute advert. Totally. Right. Skip ahead. Skippy skip. Now, but we, here's the deal about that though. We don't do advertising. No. We wanted this show to be ad free. It's supported by our Patreon community, which is a group of lovely people, a couple hundred people over there. And so this, this is so that we can talk about whatever the fuck we want. Right. We can say whatever we want. We're not beholden to advertising and we're not putting you through that misery most of the housekeeping hey, is speaking us. of misery are you yeah. miserable sleeping clint because casper mattresses is the <laughs> i love casper mattresses but okay so here's what i want to say about san anger okay because i want to i want to have a little intro here where the idea it's 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 well known on the podcast this is our least favorite metallic record sure. it's most people's least favorite metallic record there are a few weirdos out there like tom quee hello hi hello. i think just think san anger's better than reload I think yeah. he calls reload. Of, he calls reload. He calls reload repetitive, but he likes Saint Anger. Um, but here's the deal: you got to go into it with a good attitude. That's right. And I am ready to have a good attitude about it today. I was challenged on my current good attitude on the way over here because Nashville is reopening. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of traffic on the way over here. It took me almost 40 minutes to get here. I was trying to get here early. Wow. There was traffic right here by your house. There was a lane, lane, one lane down. Okay. And people were just being buttholes, mm-hmm. and it took me forever to get here. And it, it, the world tried to ruin my attitude, but I didn't let it happen. Good. Because I walked in here, I was excited, I was pumped. You had San Diego playing, you had your singer shirt on, mm-hmm. and I was ready to go. Right. Well, it can be a little frantic, tick, 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 talk out there. It, you know, sometimes it can. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I find that if you just keep your positivity all within your own hands, right, that you can purify those feelings. Instead of turning into, I don't know, some kind of monster or something. Well, and, and you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to be madly in anger with anybody. Well, of course not. You know, but you know. Well, listen, it's it's your world. It's my world. Yeah. And you can't have it, sucker. That's right. And you know, you know who tried to try to ruin my joy today? Who? Uh, a, my friend, Sweet Amber. Oh my gosh. She she... Te- she texted me and tried to just pull down that joy in, into the depths of hell, and I wouldn't let her. Like saying anger around your neck. It really was. Well, not only do I not know the answers, but I don't even know what the fucking question is, bro. So, <laughs> who does these days? <laughs> All right, so let's knock it, knock out some of this housekeeping stuff. So, the most interesting thing that we're excited to talk about in the news, right, is that it came out in all the metal rags. You know them, uh, Kerrang, Loudwire, Metal Injection. That the boys are working on music remotely during lockdown, right? So, we're going to read a little bit. So, Lars was on a, a Swedish, uh, some sort of Swedish show. From Sweden. The Swedish chef, his show. Speaking yeah. to Swedish talk show host Frederick Skavlin, the drummer, I'm just, everything's Torben. Frederick <laughs> Skavlin, uh, the drummer says that his bandmates have spent the past four weeks connecting creatively and are now in quote unquote discovery mode when it comes to the follow up to Hardwired to Self Destruct. Here's what Lars had to say uh, He says, We're sending ideas to each other via email and via Zoom and trying to make music in these unusual situations. He says, We have a weekly Zoom co- connect. We've been doing that basically since the coronavirus pandemic started 10 or 11 weeks ago in America. So we got together once a week on Zoom for a couple of hours to catch up. Lars adds that his virtual hangouts with James Hetfield, Kirk Hammett, and Robert Trujillo involve finding out how each of them are doing. And he says they, quote unquote, don't just sit and talk about Metallica. He says, but now that we've started exchanging ideas, it's great. It's nice to be in touch. Nice to be a part of the uh, group again. And I look forward to the creative opportunities that lie ahead of us. 
Now Lars explains Metallica have just got to figure out how much we can create without being in the same space. Promising stuff. So here's here's my immediate takeaway. Of course, the idea of them sharing music creatively is exciting, but yeah. I thought it was cool, and I would not have guessed that they have been spending time each week just talking. Right. I, th- I thought that was super exciting, just on a personal level. Well, you know, I mean, bef- you know, you have... James kind of came back into the world post rehab. And mm-hmm. so I'm sure a lot of it stemmed from that, you know, catching up with their friend and their brother. Um, and then that at some point here in the last month or so morphed into, Hey, let's start sharing some ideas, some riffs, you know? Well, knowing what we know about maybe a little more behind the scenes of the music industry, we, you and I know that bands aren't often chummy when they're not working, right? Especially a band for 40 years. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest bands in the world and have been for a long time, you know? Starting in the 90s, they started getting married, having families, starting families, getting into different interests. James is getting into building cars. Lars is getting into fucking scuba diving and art. Mm-hmm. Kirk's riding a horse with a cowboy hat on a, <laughs> on a ranch with somewhere. With in hand. <laughs> well, he, he, everywhere he goes now, he's got Greeny with him. Always, yeah. They're inseparable now. So I just assume, and not even in a shitty way, that they just, they you grow apart. You grow into the life that you have. Sure, and yeah. your coworkers. So to see that for me was nice. It was like, wow, they're, they're taking time to come together as friends. Because even, even Lars saying, and we're not just talking about Metallica. It's not, yeah. all, it's not all business. Right. Because I'm sure they are having a lot of business conversations because they've had to cancel those festivals. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been having, I'm sure, lots of conversations about rolling out S&M 2, yep. which we now know is coming out in August. That All of those pieces involve, at a band this level, involve all sorts of conversations. Absolutely, yeah. How to roll it out properly, especially in such a weird time. Yeah. Because they can't go promo it. They can't show up on The Tonight Show. Right. They can't go play a little show. They can't... There's all sorts of shit they can't do. Right, correct. And they're not really, I imagine, wanting to encourage people to go out to record stores and buy physical copies because, mm-hmm. they're you know, we're trying to keep everyone safe. Yeah, so, for sure. Lots of pieces to contemplate about all that stuff. Plus, they still have the dates on the books for South America. Was that December? December. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I can't imagine that happening. No. Only because, I mean, from my experience, and I know yours, I mean, my entire year's canceled. Yeah. There's nothing happening for me. I'm not going to be on the road at all this year. Right. Uh, You know, I'm not going back to work till next year sometime. Who knows? That might be spring, might be summer. Who knows? Uh, But, you know, I mean, I think a lot of artists have kind of thought okay well this is six seven eight months ahead let's reschedule it here if we have to cancel it again because of the virus or whatever we will obviously so um but i think a lot of a lot of people are hanging on to future dates just in case you know it's tough the promoters i mean there's a lot of incentive to do that but then it's also just rescheduling then canceling rescheduling then canceling it takes a toll it does yeah especially on our south american friends who haven't seen the boys in forever they've been waiting for this forever let alone the australian new zealand dates that were canceled because of because of james you know needing to get healthy Mm -hmm. so but the fact that they may just be talking about like oh how's your family doing how are your kids how are you right uh that put a little a little warm fuzzy in my heart it really did yeah and just the you know the excitement that they're starting to share riffs in in like almost that like you know preliminary preliminary phase of the 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 riff tape trade right you know so, so let's talk about that now so so when he's saying like those hour long catch ups have evolved into create you know sharing creative ideas mm-hmm. sharing riffs right because I know Kirk has said he's got a ton of material which I think any record where Kirk's putting material in is a good record sure his track record for for bringing in good riffs and shit is really high so. What does that look like? That looks like, I mean, it's not that different than what they normally do, right? They yeah. they give each other riff tapes, and then it's usually Lars who he'll take 10 riffs that seem to go together. He'll tell that to James, 
James sort of puts them together. So I could see them in their various studios mocking that stuff up. Yeah, for sure. And maybe if James, I mean, we may get the first like properly written quarantine song from Metallica in yeah. that James sends in riffs, Kirk sends in riffs, Lars put arranges them. James is able to record because they do lyrics last anyway. Yeah. Lar- James is able to maybe record to a click and arrangement. Lars can track to that. Yeah. You and I do that shit all the time. All the, Nash- time, the yeah. whole industry of Nashville is like almost remote recording. Yeah, exactly. Doing sessions from your home studios. So I think Lars might need some help with that, but I'm sure that he could get his, you know, maybe Jimmy can get out there or. Well, they already, they definitely have recording setups of some kind in each of their houses. Right. When they did the Black in 2020. Right. They did Black in 2020. Yeah. At that point, we saw, you know, before that, I guess, when Lars was doing the intros to the Monday night videos, mm-hmm. you didn't see any mics on his kit. Right. Once they did that Black inversion, uh, all of a sudden there's mics all over right. his kit. So I think maybe whether it was Jimmy or uh, Fiddleman or one of his assistants yeah. maybe came over and mic'd everything up, got him set up to record or whatever. Who knows? But So with all that, I mean, they really could make make music. They could really mm-hmm. r- at least write the album. Right. Because then they get Lars, and then you know Robert and Kirk are going to lay down their, their sauce, and then you got James writing and performing the lyrics. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's really possible yeah, that we could I, get something cool. Yeah, I think so. So that's neat. It didn't. It didn't seem to me like, uh, oh, we got to just keep interest in Metallica. So let's just float out some bullshit. It seems like this might really happen. So yeah. uh, that's cool. The other thing happening in the news is the reclaimed Rust book, uh, James's book with his cars, is now available for pre-order. And James did an unboxing video. Mm-hmm. Saw that in his which, kitchen. <laughs> well, I, I was on Instagram Live with some Metal Gear Podcast fans last night, and we were talking about that video and joking about how like I was almost more interested in what was in his kitchen. Oh, I immediately was looking in the background. I was like, like what did he cook tonight for dinner? Yeah, I was like, look at that teapot. I guess he drinks tea and it's a nice it's a nice kitchen. It's not as big as I imagined it would be and look at those cabinets behind him. Those are cool. Like I'm <laughs> yeah, almost totally. more interested in that. If you are interested in the book, you can pre-order it now. I don't think it ships until late July. But the uh, the limited edition is 300 bucks, which is pretty pricey. Pretty pricey for a book. But it comes signed all the limited edition ones are signed. Yeah. The book is like leather bound, and you get a, some other goodies. You get some lithographs sure. and and a, like a cool little James Hetfield logo, uh, like mechanics rag, and mm-hmm. it's in the big beautiful box. Yeah, for sure. The normal book, if you're into that, if you just want the book, is just fifty bucks. So that's not something that particularly interests me. Yeah, same. But I would like to get one, maybe not the limited edition, but one of the books, and give it away to some listeners. Yeah, I'm down with that for sure. So go follow us on the socials. You know what those are, right? Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. I like your robotic reading of that. It's great to be here. (laughs) I'm having fun. I am having fun. St. Anger rules. Go follow us on all that. You uh, You can leave us a positive review on iTunes. If you haven't done that yet, I just don't get it. What are you waiting on? It's been forever. Oh, honey, please. Just do it. So easy. Uh, Namarta actually just sent us um, a tweet where she found the origin of Joyce, which was on oh. the uh, Kirk Hammett gear episode. Interesting. So I'll have to go back and check that out. Well, I, I uh, pre that episode, that voice kind of started with me on tour with uh, the King's Drum Tech, my friend Nate. He would always do this thing. We'd be in catering or something, and mm-hmm. like I would sit down with whatever food I had, and if he thought I was eating something, oh, you put that on that. He'd be he, he'd always say, "Who does that?" <laughs> Every time. So that. And I told him, I said, dude, that who the who does that voice has morphed into two characters on our show. And right. he, he thought it was great. That's awesome. 
Um, okay, uh, where are we at on this? What are uh, we talking not, about? Oh, leaving the positive review, honey, please. It's so easy. And then there's also the Patreon. You're going to hear a commercial. Look, get involved over there. You're going to get all of our quarantine covers, all of our cover, all of our black and EPs. Uh, you're going to be entered in, in, in raffles and chances for giveaways. It's really cool Lots over there. We're not going to bore you with that. You can write in metalupyourpodcastshow at gmail.com. We get a ton of emails a week. We try to pick around five to uh, dip into the Metal Up Your Podcast community. We're going to do that now in what we lovingly refer to as the email portal. Honey, please. All right, let's do it. All right, our first email is from Reggie Dupree. I think this is Jermaine's cousin. Um <laughs> I don't know. I just don't see the name Dupree a lot, at least in, in our in our line of work. Hmm. Uh, my dudes, he says, uh, I'm watching the making of cunning stunts on YouTube and they're talking about uh, the lighting. And for real, uh, they've never had a better lighting team than they did on that tour. Think about it. So many epic shots of them bathed in color, bathed in color, bathed in color. And it always looks amazing. Uh, possible talking point. Peace. Adios. Uh, I mean that that the production on that, not even just the lights, you know, mm-hmm. when the, all the stage is falling apart and the guy's dangling, the guy's on fire. It's like that. There's a lot of moving parts that go into that mm-hmm. as as far as a, t- a touring production goes. Lighting being one of those uh, many parts, but yeah, yeah, that stuff looked great back then. The single light bulb, you know, when they did the after the destruction of the stage yeah. was cool. Yeah, I think it's cool. It doesn't particularly poke out to me because I think that all the stuff they did on the on the world magnet. I don't I don't have a lot of images of the Madly and Anger the World Tour. I yeah. dip back into that. I hope they do a, a Metallica Mondays with that. If they do that, we'll pop back into those commentaries because that would yeah. be a fun gig to see and a neat shirt to have. A neat shirt to have. Uh, but the World Magnetic stuff was super dope. Like the, oh, the Through awesome. the Never film and then, of course, the hardwired stuff with the cubes and the drones. Dude, and... The, the coffins on the World Magnetic tour with the, the, the screens on them. and showed, It showed like silhouettes of people trying to get out of the coffins. It was yeah. so badass. I had an opportunity. I've mentioned this on the show before, but when they played Nashville and we got the tour of the arena show, uh, I talked to the LD, the lighting director, for like 30, 45 minutes, mm-hmm. and he was super cool. That's awesome. So I don't know if they've had the same guy forever, but I, I guess in general, and, and to Reggie's point, they've always had a good team. Yeah. You know, they, they've always really brought a lot of production value to what I they mean, do. I mean, shoot, even look back at like, you know, the Justice Tour, you know I mean? Like, I will. I will look back on that. I dare you. I'm doing it in my mind's eye currently. I can see it right now, too. Hmm. I'm wow. looking back. There she is, Lady Justice going, is there. Yeah, there's the, oh, it's crumbling. She, yeah. she fell apart. She oh fell gosh. apart. Oh, crap. Is that normal? Shoot. No. Maybe. What's happening? Let's get some glue. I'm nervous. Crap. <gasps> um, okay, moving on. Andy Salter. Hey, boys, just thought I'd address the cannibal corpse issue. Here we go. Here it is. Every time I point out the fact that whoever's writing this cannibal corpse shit is insane, someone writes in to say what Andy's about to say here. He says, I've been a fan of cannibal corpse for 30 years, and honestly, you couldn't meet a nicer, chill bunch of dudes. The lead singer, George, who doesn't write the lyrics, is like a big kid who's obsessed with fantasy games and loves collecting toys and is a dad of two girls. He looks at the lyrics and subject matter as like horror movies. It's just a a shtick. No different to Wes Craven or George Romero. Okay. Now, I got this email. This is a common thing when I make fun of Cannibal Corpse. Right. And talk about how something's wrong over there in the Cannibal (laughs) Corpse camp. Someone always writes in and says, it's just like a horror movie. So, And I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong, because I love horror films. You do, yeah. I'm into some weird shit. You subscribe to Shudder. No big deal. I do subscribe to Shudder, which yeah. is Netflix for horror. They're not paying us to say that. I just like it. Yeah. 
So I went back and revisited some Cannibal Corpse lyrics. Okay. And I did what I did the first time. I took a, a non-discriminate smattering of their whole career. All right. It's fucked up, Ethan. Do you think it's more fucked up than some of the fucked up horror movies you've watched? Here's, yes, because, he, so, listen. So I, I, I'm wanting to learn here, too. Um, you know, yes, a- Andy, I, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence right now because I've never really been a kind of a course fan. I'm not a huge horror movie buff. But I guess my question is, what do you see the difference in some super fucked up horror movie and, and the content that someone writes for that movie compared to the lyrics that is right. written in by the, I think it's the drummer maybe? Well, here's the deal. There is the horror movie equivalent of Cannibal Corpse where there's people making underground, like there's a, there's a, there's a company called August Underground and they basically make disgusting snuff films. Okay. So there's, there's that. There's some sick fuck. There's a film called A Serbian Film. I'm not even going to talk about what it's about. Okay. I've never seen it. I'll, ne- I'll never will see it. I, I appreciate that. Someone like Wes Craven is a master of storytelling. And you can't compare A Nightmare on Elm Street, where he created one of the greatest horror villains of all time, one Mr. Fred Krueger Esquire. Oh, Frederick Krueger As a metaphor for the nightmares of society. Yeah. Or, or George Romero, who created Night of the Living Dead, which was a comment on race in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Okay? You can't compare the narrative and the powerful storytelling of that to a band who write about all this dude writes about, and I'm telling you, I, I read the lyrics, yeah. is killing people and either playing with their entrails or having sex with their stumps and their dead bodies and in very gruesome, grotesque detail. Okay. There's no redemptive arc there. There's right. no... There's not, there's not like a storyline or like a... It's sick shit. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just sick <laughs> shit. Sure. So I'm not saying they can't make it. I'm not saying they shouldn't be able to make it. And I'm not saying people like Andy here shouldn't be fans of it if, if they like it. But I'm saying there's something deeper there. It's not, it's sick shit. <laughs> Plain and simple. Um, he says the main lyric writer is Paul the drummer. If you watch any Paul? of their doc- <laughs> Paul, what the hell? <laughs> he says, if you watch any of the documentaries, they don't take it seriously. It's just the brand. It's like, okay, that's fine. But their brand is sick shit. Sure. There's got to be some sincerity in it. You know what I mean? I don't think you spend 20 years writing material about this one specific thing unless it's, something, <laughs> unless it's something you're highly interested in. Because here's the deal. I have a little band called Lunar Satan. Yeah. This is a band that I put together with material that I wrote about Satan in space. Right. And th- th- these lyrics contain golems, demons, witches, spells, incantations, some evil shit. Yeah. I know... I know all about writing some fantasy thing. Sure. And I'm telling you, go read these lyrics. There's something else going on. It's a I'm going to go morbid, read some lyrics when I get home. Okay. I mean, I, I contemplated reading some of them on the show. Yeah. But they're so fucked up that I don't want to. Okay, fair. Um, I respect that. He says, Paul So is also a farmer and a huge environmentalist and has ponies running around his property. As I've heard you also be critical of catacle decapitation, which I don't think I have been critical of them. He says, I also love, and again, those guys are vegans <laughs> and write their albums about climate change and how man has ruined the environment. Metal bands have always pushed boundaries, especially in death metal, but all these guys are just metal nerds like us. Anyways, I just needed to defend my bands. If you don't like their music, that's cool, but let's not judge a book by its cover or I will rip off my Cannibal Corpse shirt in anger like the Hulk. <laughs> Stay safe and be well. Andy Salter from Tasmania, New Jersey. Well, I appreciate that, Andy. Thanks, and Andy. Here's the deal. Not only have I not changed my mind about whoever's writing these lyrics, yeah. he should be watched by the fbi 
<laughs> I think I'm going to go ahead and add Andy to that list too. Okay, Andy's on there too. Andy's on there too. Okay. Well, he 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 obviously is 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 part of that tribe. Because <laughs> because if I was into that sick shit, I would be like, dude, it's indefensible. I just like it. Right. I feel like my wife would be pretty concerned if I was writing lyrics like that. Like, what do what are you doing? Well, and like you and, need to see somebody. And the fact that they have kids or like toys or have ponies yeah. or are vegans doesn't take away from how fucked up it is. The greatest thing I took away from Andy's email is the fact that the cattle decapitation dudes are vegans. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, and I, and let me just say this in case anyone's out there getting butthurt. I mean all of this in, in a very chill way. Sure. I, of course, uh, support anyone liking whatever they like. Yeah. But I'm not judging it by a book by its cover. I read it. I read it. And read that's the book. what it is. Yeah. So no, you know, you, you know, you're not judging. Like you said, you 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 read the content and you and you made well, no, I am a decision right. for yourself. I am and I am judging it. You know, I mean, y- you can't give a blank check. You can't give a moral blank check to people. Right. Uh, we, I have this argument with my wife all the time. We we exchange movie nights where I'll make her watch. I don't make her, but it, it's my night where I pick the movie. Yeah. Her night where she picks a movie. And I always go into it with a good attitude, yeah. ready to ready to get excited, much like St. Anger. But if the movie sucks, I reserve the right after 90 minutes of sitting through it to say, that movie sucked. Yeah, of course. That is judging it, but it's judging it on its merit. Sure, yeah. It's, it's like you're, you, you, know, you, you didn't watch it and you're right. judging it. Exactly, you know, exactly. Yeah, you dove into it and you, you, you came out with your hypotheses. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> You gathered the information, and here's the result. I mean, we can continue discussing this maybe, but maybe some people should go just read some of the lyrics, and then we can keep talking about well, it. Well, you'll hear all about it on our Cannibal Corpse, Corpse uh, side series coming coming out. I mean, sh- should I just read some of the lyrics? Uh, I don't know. You don't have to. Okay, you're already searching for it, so I guess we're going to read some cannibal, cannibal Corpse lyrics. People just want to listen to St. Anger, and I'm like, fuck that. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> M- meat hook sodomy, gutted, living dissection, under the rotted flesh, covered with sores, vomit the soul, butchered at birth, rancid amputation, innards decay. They have a song called I Come Blood. They have a song called Addicted to Vaginal Skin. Let's just read that one. What? I don't know. I just took that knife and I cut her from her neck down to anus and I cut out the vagina and I ate it. Oh my God. A relapse of my body sends my mind into multiple seizures. Psychologically, a new human being, one that has never been. Cursed by the shaman, his voodoo spell has my soul. My limbs go numb. I can't control my own thought. My own thoughts are his now. His evil consuming me, ever telling me, begin the click carving. Do you see what I'm talking about? And this is not a unique example, bro. I do kind of feel a bit uncomfortable. Well, let's just check out I Come Blood. (laughs) Swollen with liquid, ready to burst. A load of my lymph will quench this dead body's thirst. It's just all about fucking dead people. Uh, It's It's sick, right? It's dark, yeah. It's sick. It is, yeah. All right. Well, I think I've made my my case here. I think you have. (laughs) I might have to just delete all this. This is a lot on Cannibal Corpse. Can we read some Simon and Garfunkel (laughs) lyrics next? Just... Just for a, con- a contrast. Can we read Homeward Bound for a minute? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll move on from there. I've made my case. All right. Next email. Thank you, Annie, by the way, for the email. Thanks, Annie. That was fun discussion. Uh, next email is from David Fredericks. He says, have you guys covered the 30th anniversary edition of So What Magazine put out after the four nights of the Fillmore shows in San Francisco? Uh, lots of cool little insights into that edition. I know you covered the shows themselves in episode 10 or 10-ish. Uh, not the mag itself, uh, if my memory serves. No, we haven't really done any So What magazine. Yeah, that would be a really cool one to do, though, because, I mean, to hear little behind-the-scenes nuggets about what went on with that show. and maybe... We have a ton of So What magazines. We have maybe 30 or 40 that some fans have yeah. sent us for giveaways. 
uh, and I've I've combed through them. They're really cool. Yeah. And then of course the So What book, which I have up here, is a great compilation of, as well, some, yeah. of the, some of the best moments of the So of What magazine. But uh, I don't know of a band that has a magazine that cool that's been running that long to yeah. sort of go along with what's happening with the band full of just deep insight into whatever's happening in their camp. Mm -hmm. So it's a good idea. Yeah. Thank you for the uh, suggestion, David, who's a patron, by the way. Thank you. Michael Miguel Bobo says, hey, Clinton, Ethan, Michael Salazar here. So I don't know why the names are different. Um, loved the recap of the Icon show. I found a song from an Aussie live at the Budokan where Rob Trujillo crab walks and does the spin move. Since you'd mentioned in the episode, we talked about like, oh, yeah. you know, the he, origins of the crab walk. Right. Uh, he put the link below if you want to check it out. Still proud to be a patron for so long. You really have helped get through some tough times. Also, when are we getting a Craigslist missed connections bit from the Joyces? Oh my God. I really love that and have been anxiously awaiting its return. Anyway, keep it up, and I look forward to the future of Metal Up Your Podcast. Also, say hi to Torben for me if he's around on his flying carpet. Torben? Hello, Michael. So good to read your words. It's so nice to see you, Torben. I didn't know that we could just summon you that quickly in the email portal. Well... You know, sometimes uh, I just make it, like to make an appearance, but I can't stay long because of the virus. That's why I'm hovering so far above you guys. It, I know six feet is the rule, but I'm 12 feet right now, so I must be going. I'm, I greatly apologize. Well, goodbye, Torben. It's good to see you. Bye. Well, that was Torben. Wow, what a nice guy. Such a good dude. I like that even when he's coasting around on his carpet, he likes to practice social distancing. He does, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's one of the best ways to socially distance yourself, distance yourself is uh, flying carpet. Right, yeah. amongst other things. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the Joyce's doing misconnections, yeah, we can cook that up. Man, we haven't, I don't know when we did one. I, I almost forgot about that segment. I think we only did it a few times, yeah, but there's was, a jingle for it and everything. Oh, yeah, it was fun. Fun one. Well, maybe we'll we'll dig back into that. All right. All right. Lastly, here from Eric Gallagher, he says, Hey now, which I don't know if that's a Hank Kingsley reference or a Howard Stern reference. Or a, uh, Hey now, hey now. Don't dream it so Motherfucker, hey now. Um, that dude's one of my favorite songwriters of all time. Oh, he's great. Crowded House, oh, yeah. Neil Finn. Yeah. Uh, he says, so this, Eric has, is our metallic conspiracies guy. So he has these interesting co conspiracies. And we'll end with this because this is interesting. Yeah. He says, similar to the idea that the Metallica's by request tour, which was from March to August of 2014, was actually a tool for James and Lars to help them get a read on the pulse of Metallica's fans' perspectives, I'm sorry, preferences at the time, in order to help them write music in the most relevant direction for the next album, Hardwired, this online social media, uh, like the poll that they're doing, of the best Metallica songs may be basically the exact same tactic. He says, I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? Lars has publicly stated that the preliminary blueprinting for the next album's underway via remote connection with the four guys, so it only makes sense that right now is the time to identify the flavor and portion size to work towards for new material. All the best, Eric Dallager. What do you think, Ethan? Um, I, th I definitely think that is a definite possibility. At the same time, I don't think Metallica are dummies. I think they know just based off numbers and sales what their most popular stuff is if you if you polled 100 metallica fans and said all right the middle of the road you know the teetering point is let's say the black album kind of you know let's say early 90s middle of their career kind of thing would you rather have more post black album stuff or more pre-black album stuff most people are going to say pre-black album mm -hmm. that's just that's kind of my two cents I, th I think metallica knows that too i just don't think they meddle with that kind of thing when it comes to their creative output they may do that you know, there was that article that came out that they were using Spotify numbers to decide which songs to play in certain markets. Mm -hmm. Certain markets like certain eras or whatever. Right. And I just, but even that, I mean, look at this poll, dude. Right, the poll of all their songs. What are the what are the last songs standing? They're the songs you could have guessed at the very beginning. Yeah, Inner Sandman, One, one Master of Puppets, Fade to Black. Yeah. So 
I think it was just a way to keep the fan base excited about something. It was just an excuse yeah. to do something fun, let people vote, let people get excited about the music. Mm-hmm. The buy request tour, I can't imagine they were using the buy request tour to decide what album to put out because it was mostly the same problem. People were voting for Inner Sandman and right. Sabbath True. Right. And then they would occasionally vote for like Unforgiven 2 or Carpe Diem Baby. Mm-hmm. Or Freight Ends. I don't think yeah. they're going to make an album. They're not going to make an album that sounds like the Freight Ends of Sanity. No. And that's that's a big song people want to hear. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think those were just ways for them to... Dude, think about it. Metallica's uh, embarking on a new tour. They're trying to come... And they have no new album, right? They're like, how can we make this tour different? Oh, by request tour. That that's going to yeah, that's gonna get people excited about the tour. It's going to get people interested in it. And if people think they might have this one opportunity to hear Fixer, mm-hmm. even though no, no Fixer was never going to win. Right, right. Well, and uh, at the same time, any record they've done, I mean, they're very vocal about it. Like, we're making the record we want to make. Mm-hmm. We're not making the record necessarily that our fans want us to make. Sure. Even though we love and respect our fans. I mean if they if they only listen to what the what maybe fans like us said they would have probably made another justice after mm-hmm. after that or or kept making quote unquote thrash stuff i agree no they went into the black album then they went into load and reload i think they're super smart about stuff like this i just don't think they involve that in the creative process right i just don't think they're going to look at stats and go well let's write this now yeah totally I think it's just what they're feeling at the time, or or maybe uh, maybe they still feel that momentum from Hardwired, and so maybe we get something that sounds like Hardwired again. Mm-hmm. We don't know, but uh, I certainly look forward to it. Well, thank you, Eric, for the Metallic conspiracy. That's always super fun to think about and oh, talk yeah. about, it's and uh, keep sending those, and we'll keep making time for them. We're going to get out of here now, and we're going, my friend Ethan, to listen to Saint Anger, and let us exit the, the email, email portal. You're really good at that. Hey everyone, this is Ethan and Clint. We're here to tell you about supporting the show via Patreon. That's right. Every week, Ethan and I work hard to bring you the best Metallica content possible. If you think the show has value, consider supporting us on a financial level at Patreon. For $5 a month, or the price of two cups of coffee, you can ensure that Metal Up Your Podcast continues to grow in quality and content. But that's not all. In addition to being able to help sleep at night for supporting your favorite podcast, we've also come up with incentives to say thank you that are exclusively available to patrons. For example, for a pledge of $5 or more, you immediately get free downloads of every cover our world black and ep ticket giveaways for shows like snm2 and slain castle box sets rare vinyl metallica memorabilia like snm2 guitar picks email priority meaning we'll read your email first on the show the chance to ask guests like hailstorm jay weinberg of slipknot and metallica row crew your very own questions and the opportunity to come on the show as a guest for our metal tales bonus episodes in which you can tell us all about any Metallica show you've been to in the past. All this and more for becoming a patron and supporting Metal Up Your Podcast. We couldn't do this show without you, and to everyone on the ride with us, we sincerely thank you. Peace. Adios. Okay, well, I'm ready to go. So here's what Let's we have here. Let's do it. Let's we... do it. <laughs> yay, yay, rah, rah. Let's, um, we have here the Genius Lyrics website, which we use, genius.com. Right. And what's cool about it, and again, they don't pay us to say it, we just like it. It's fun. Got little tidbits of information regarding certain lyrics, maybe the 
origins of it, what it's referring to. Well, for example, like for example, have you ever wanted to know the true meaning behind Fran tick, 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 tock, tick, 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 tock? Have you ever wanted to know that? Because Genius Lyrics will tell you. I think we're going to find out. What it is is it's like a clock ticking, which is causing more anxiety. You're frantic already, but then it's almost like time's running out. Interesting. Right. Deep. Wow. Deep. That's some Phil Tao shit right there. Now you're going to be able to listen along with us. And, you know, I haven't listened to this album in a long time. It's been a while, yeah. So join us as we zone it and get into Saint Anger. Okay, here we go. Well, we're starting here with Frantic at the top. All right. Strap in, strap on, strap out, strap up. However you want to do it. So I got to say right off the bat, when I first put this in the CD player when I bought it up in the Bay Area, because the ting isn't that bad on this song, right? And when this kicked in, I was like, okay, this is, this is cool. It's heavy. Yeah. I mean, coming off of Load and Reload, I was like, dude, this is... I remember being perplexed. I was a little perplexed. Like, okay. Yeah. Where's it going? The ting is pretty heavy right here. At this point, it's starting to get real tingy. Yeah. And I could tell during this part that it was detuned. Yeah. Uh, it was a tough thing to... I don't know. It was tough for me to listen to at the time because... Okay, it's heavy. It's a little more brutal sounding than yeah. what they were doing. I like this halftime. Yeah, kicking into that. Exactly. It was like, okay, this is cool. Cool groove. The production's weird. It's detuned, which I'm, I'm a problem with detuning, but... It's just not them. It, it just didn't... Yeah. It's funny that, you know, when you had issues on Justice with the bass, like the bass isn't loud on this record. The bass isn't loud on any of their records. Go listen, to, go listen to Master Puppets. The bass isn't very loud on Master Puppets. It's not Puppets. that loud until you hit like Orion. Okay, so here's what I... Here's kind of the oh no moment. It's when the vocals come in. Yeah. Because it, it's dry as a bone. Oh yeah. And the phrasing is not pocketed. It, it feels... And then there's this. So then you get to this lyric and you're like, oh no. He's almost, you know, not, not that I was like... I want classic Hetfield vocals on this record. But some of those, like my lifestyle <clears throat> determines my death style. He's singing like, it's real like uh, cookie Gra- monster. Gravelly, yeah. yeah. My lifestyle. I'm hungry. You know what I mean? It's, it's Yeah. Now, having said all of this, because we've been just trying, so let's hear it is. It's kind of an oh no moment too. Yeah. Coming from someone like Hetfield, who's written some incredible lyrics. See his voice breaking there? Yeah. So, so, because honestly, I like this song. This is one of my favorite songs on the album. Yeah. So I'm just trying to get back in my headspace of when I first heard it. It's really the vocals. I mean, this is just so uh, obvious, but it's the vocals and the drums. Yeah, that's a big part of it for me. It's not even like the lack of guitar solos on this record. Like that doesn't bother me nearly as much. That doesn't bother me either. Um, I'm, you know, I understand why Kirk was, you know, rightfully bummed about not playing leads on this record. But I would almost venture to say that this is the one Metallica record where they did make a record not to necessarily please anybody, but to adapt with the times. Absolutely. They didn't do that in the '90s. I don't think that Load and Reload were well, adapting to the times necessarily. Maybe, maybe the slower tempos. Some people kind of feel like there was a lot of 
Corrosion of Conformity, Alice in Chains influence sure. in those records, which there are moments. I know that James is a big fan of those bands. Of course, yeah. But I don't think James was a big Limp Biscuit fan or Corn fan. Yeah. Strange Harmonies. Yeah. I dig those harmonies. It's kind of creepy. I, I mean, this song is cool. It is, yeah. Like, if they did really gotten this part right. Yeah. And James going up is just so weird. Well, he just doesn't land it. It, it doesn't have that aggression. It, it feels weak. To me, it sounds like it's somebody that's never screamed in a mic before. Right, you know, right. Like when y- Lars yells, fuck. You right. Know? And I, I keep always having to remind myself, like, what kind of headspace the entire band was in at this time, you know? I mean, they they did this record after James came back from rehab, and they almost broke up, and Jason left, and it's like, I think they worked on it so much and consumed their lives so much, which is why they came out going, yeah, we made a kick-ass record, even though they didn't. Here's uh, the old birth is pain, life is pain, right? Is that right. what's coming up? Life is pain. That's Kirk. Life is pain. Remember that was like Kirk writing in the in the right. documentary. He's like, life is pain, death is pain. You know, yeah, like Buddhism shit. Okay, and then here's here's the other. Okay, there's a trifecta of issues on this album, and we're getting all three of them right here. Okay, yeah, and they are these: drums, vocals, voc- weakness in the vocals, yeah. especially when they should be more aggressive. Number three, super repetitive cut and paste arrangements. I mean, and that's publicly seen in the documentary where you know Lars is going, take that part, put it over here. Which I mean, that's not necessarily a bad. Oh god, I can't take that. <laughs> TikTok. Uh, that's not necessarily a, a bad way of maybe arranging a song and putting it together. Like you know, what? I love that riff. Let's put it over here instead. But I think they kind of relied too heavy on that going into this because they, they wrote these songs like as they were going almost, you know? So I just think they relied too much on the, the ease of Pro Tools. Ding! 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 This blows me away that Lars and Bob Rock and everyone in the band were like, no, that snare sounds cool. I mean, it's different. You know, we can say that. All right, this this is one of my top songs on the record. Nothing on this record lyrically I love that much. Maybe not nothing, but I've just always you know, tings even worse than this one. Oof. There's a there's a couple where like it's straight up the snares are just turned off. This sounds like there's still some snare wire sound, but like the kick and the toms and the cymbals sound awesome. Yeah, the kick's fine. Now all I hear is like just that constant ringing. So we got some double kick that yeah. made a lot of people happy. Oh yeah. A little splash symbol. So I've always really liked musically the power of the song, the aggression, especially when the chorus kicks in. That's what I gravitated towards mostly. Lyrically, it's, you know, it's all right, but there's that. 
Cookie Monster. I like those melodies right there. heavy kind of yeah. got a little creeping death oh, there yeah. what do you think about the callback to damage ink in the lyric it's interesting right yeah he's done that a couple times did that on a hardwired hit the lights i always thought he was saying put down your noose what does he say well this lyric says medallion noose medallion noose that's got to be wrong it's tough to trust lyric sites. Whenever we're covering songs, if I can, I'll actually go grab the. If I own it, I'll go get the vinyl and read the lyrics from the packaging. But the lyric, "I'm madly in anger with you." Yeah. When it first came out, before cause I was driving when I first listened to this record. Not great. I always thought I was. I'm barely in anger with you. Not great either. No, it's not. And we know. And listen. We're, uh, with the critiques of the lyrics here, we know that a lot of this stuff is about his sobriety and getting clean. And no disrespect to that at all. Well, absolutely not. I think I think Metallica straying from the formula that they have always written in is is a huge part of the downfall of the lyrics of this record. When you have Phil Towel writing lyrics and Kirk and Robin Lars. I mean, well, everyone with notepads, it's like Especially if it was gonna be such a personal album for James. I think that he needed to be the one to go away and make and craft these lyrics. Yes. Instead of doing it diplomatically in the room with a therapist. Yeah. And that's why they have. That's why the lyrics are so therapist buzzy. Yeah. Especially when we get to this bridge. The bridge is rough. Yeah, it is. It's just like there's so, nothing wrong with making an album about getting sober. No. The problem is when you don't follow it through. When you don't make it artful. Well, and it needed to be James to, like you said, to, to make sure he wrote all the lyrics. No one else was coming out of rehab getting sober. James was, so let him take the, you know, charge of that. But see, that's where the intersection of the Jason issue informs that, because not only are they dealing with that, but Jason's gone, and he's yeah. largely gone because they weren't democratic. Right. So they're trying to they're trying to reverse that pattern, but it yeah. just wasn't the album to do it. No. In my opinion. Such a personal album. Yeah, very much so. I feel my world shake like an earthquake. Not great. And then I'm going to eat some steak. But I need a break. I need a break. But how much can I take? And it's just so repetitive, bro. I mean... We're at four minutes and 39 seconds of a seven and a half minute song. Yeah. Now, we look at a record like Justice with super long songs. But they all, the parts are so insane. The parts are so good. Those are well crafted songs. Changes so much. This is, yeah, you're right. It, it's, a, it's that copy and paste mentality they did with Pro Tools on the, these sessions where it's like, oh, let's just repeat that again. And they just keep puzzling things together. And, yeah. I will say, I mean, I'm enjoying listening to it. Yeah. The problems just remain the same problems sure sometimes you listen to a record and you understand it more and you are more open in that way and you're like oh fuck it yeah awesome well i mean even just production wise there's so many things 
that don't age well at all. They didn't age well a year later. This not control line, dude, is brutal. Listen. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. <laughs> I want my anger to be me. Me. Dad. <laughs> See, this is a great example. This is a great example of kind of the therapy lyrics. Yeah. That are like, this is like therapy for my daughter. Like, you need your anger, to, you know, you need to set your anger free. Right. Yeah. That wasn't a bad scream. Yeah, it's all right. That was very, like, kind of Pantera. Sounded angry. Sounded angry. Definitely over, over drew, drove the microphone. Yeah. I like that droning ambient stuff Kirk's doing. Yeah. Kind of octave stuff. <laughs> Fuck it all and fucking no regrets. Like this world shake, great opportunity to evolve the lyric. Like have two different lines there. I just thought I want to. I want to look in here and see if it is medallion news. Yeah, there we go. Come on out, please. Please, 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 please. Does not want to. Let it. Let it. Let the record show. Ethan cannot pull uh, no, a lyric. I don't want to pull it too hard out. But no, it's like. Here, let me do it. It's like stuck. Let me do it, you silly goose. Here's what you have to do when that it, happens, because it's kind of in the middle. You have to open the sleeve. Sleeves me. Oh, well, I, I I loosened it. You have you have opened records before, right? I have opened records before, but <laughs> listen. Well, well here's, we here's the, here here look. There, there's where it was caught right there. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got Saint Anger. Medallion noose. Wow. Medallion noose. I always it thought is. he said, "Put down your noose." Dude, okay. This is a great can riff we get, right here. Can we get positive right here for a second? Yeah. This is dope. Yeah. And when it, when Kirk comes in with that fuzz factory... Yeah. That's some exciting sonic territory that yeah. I don't think they'd been in before. The snare is still not sonically exciting. No. See, like, the snare sound right there as, like, an effect on one little part would be cool. They're almost industrial sounding, you know? Like This some, part... Super like this. This is the only solo on Saint Anger. It's not even a solo at this point. I know. Just kidding. Take it, Kirk. Take it, Ripper. I actually like that when he when Lars goes to double time it, and that's still in the same vein. Uh. See, we probably didn't need to hear this part again. No, we don't. You know what I mean? Like, it just, after that fast part, it should have gone into the verse. The song is eight and a half minutes long, bro. Jeez. What's the longest one? Is it All Within My Hands the longest one? All Within My Hands is barely longer than this one. Okay. This one's 826. All Within My Hands is 848. Yeah. But What's Invisible it? Kids, 830 also. Listen, I try not to ever write many of my own songs over like four minutes. They might go over a little bit. When you're entering six, seven, eight-minute territory, you better be putting some cool shit in there. And they always did. That's oh yeah. They that's totally, another. Yeah. That's another sort of 
strange facet to this whole uh, oddity. Yeah. Is that they were the masters of that. They were they were so good at it. Yeah. Um The tongue that speaks on the inside. Yeah, and this this there's another pocket issue on this song. I like this is the voice of Silence No More. That's yeah, pretty dope. That's a cool line. See, we could have gone ahead and gotten a chorus here. Yeah, I don't want the whole episode though to be us saying they should have. I mean, it is what it is, right? Listen, I, I'm just I'm reacting in real time here. I, I, I'm not. You know, it's not like I pre-listened to this and, and made notes. of. I, I, I came into this just with fresh ears once again. I do like the We The People stuff. Yeah. Sludgy tone. Yeah. And, and I think just to clarify, too, if the snare sounded normal, I don't think it, it wouldn't make the record. Dude, you're right. The toms sound awesome right they here. sound rad. Yeah, those toms. The toms sound... and kicks sound really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you honed in on the cymbals or the hat at all? Cymbals are okay. Yeah, I think it varies track to track. This is also the, the first. Project recorded at HQ one. Yeah, it's HQ one. Yeah, my house. Uh, at their at this point in HQ, time, HQ zero, n- newly constructed HQ. This is the face that stones you cold. It's even just uh, you know to listen, to read these lyrics and listen to them, and then go back to their normal writing formula, and then you got great lyrics on Death Magnetic and Hardwired. You know, such a difference. Well, it's because James wrote them by himself. Right. And again, I'll, you know, I'll reiterate it. You know, he was still in a very vulnerable place in his life, coming out of rehab, going straight into recording this. So it, when you watch the documentary, it's almost like he wasn't really standing up for himself a lot. You know, I can't imagine James in any other scenario being like, oh, yeah, the therapist is going to write some lyrics. You know? He wouldn't have stood for that shit. No. I don't even think after this he would have, you know. <laughs> this is the trap that smells good. This is the trap that smells good? I love a good aromatic trap. You know, when I set the mouse trap, I just want to make sure it smells good. Well, we'll use some nice cheese in there. Nice cheese. Maybe some, some Havarti, some Gouda. Yeah, some good stuff. Some chef's kiss cheese. Maybe some potpourri as well. We the people. So much potential, man. There was a lot of potential in it, man. You're, you're right. It, but it wasn't like, let's say they're, you know, a, a month into doing this. This is post, you know, Presidio Sessions. At a certain point, you're committed. And you just got to keep rolling with it. I don't know, man. Halfway through, I mean, you think they're going to be like, you know what? Let's start over again. Yeah. A lot of uh, 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 rock and roll is is filled with yeah, with projects know. that were aborted. Yeah, I mean, Color and Shape by the Foo Fighters was. Yeah, you had to re-record all the drums. Yeah, and a lot, 
They, they almost recorded the whole record. I think they really thought it was good. I don't think they felt like, well, we've already invested so much. I think they... And we, we're going to talk about this in our final analysis, right? Yeah. The, the spiritual importance of this album. The, sure. the catharsis. Of course. The problem is it's 20 years later, almost, and the record's got to stand, and it doesn't. Yeah. Especially, like, an example I use a lot. Like, you said you like St. Anger. It's one of your favorite songs. It's a lot of people's. It's one of the reasons they brought it back a little bit, right? Towards yeah. the end of the cycle. And it's the title track of the new Metallica song, right? Or Metallica album, right? Compare that to Ride the Lightning and Justice for All mm -hmm. and Master Puppets. Yeah. Three of their greatest songs, title or, tracks. Or the song, The Black Album. And it, <laughs> well, my favorite song on the Black Album is The Black Album. Uh, I love that title track. I don't know if I like The Black Album more than I like Reload, the song. The song Reload's pretty good. Yeah. But put, it next, put that next to uh, uh, Garage Inc. That song. Ominous sign in us. Ominous sight. That's some Lunar Satan shit. Yeah, it is. See, just trying to cram these lyrics into the phrasing. Yeah. I kind of like this weird, creepy thing. But it doesn't really suit them. It's, it feels yeah. too weird. Which I, I understand the irony of saying it doesn't sound like them when they're the ones making it. They are yeah. them. Right, of course. So anything they do sounds like them. I get that argument, but... They're, it's like they're trying on a shirt that don't fit so good no mm -hmm. more. Like me with all my fucking quarantine weight I've gained <laughs> trying to wear this fucking St. Inga shirt. Yeah. Here we go. How have we not talked about Michael Jordan yet? I don't know. Damn it. But that's why I'm behind on recording a cover song this week because I got obsessed. I wonder if Michael Jordan ever listened to Metallica. I don't know. Maybe so. What if this is his favorite record? If MJ loved this record, I would. it would give me great pause to reconsider. Right. Because MJ... I don't think I've ever noticed that sound. No. It was kind of video, video gaming. Now, here we go. I, I like Dirty Window. Here we go, boy. Take all the production issues aside from this intro. That sounds like fucking Metallica, you know? It's kind of a dumb riff. Drop D. I could heard a slowed down version of this halftime, like on from like the load era. God damn that fucking snare, bro. I know, man. This house is clean, This is sick, dude. I think I could I think I and I, I keep saying I critiquing it in a way like they should have done this but that last kind of slow rip man it could have been such a better groove behind it someone submitted on the genius lyrics James is thinking to himself is he who he thinks he is I'll slam my door that will not slam I just feel like thematically too like the judge, the jury, slamming the gavel. 
projecting judgment. Right. The imagery of the courtroom is fleshed out really well. Yeah. Well, you, you flush it out. I'm judging, I'm jury, and I'm execution. And then this part, dude. That's good. It's a little cat in the hat. A little repeaty. A little cat in the hat. Yeah. A little green eggs and ham. Yeah. With the sidewalk ends. <laughs> The desperation in his voice. This part, sorry, to interrupt you. Yeah. Should be like. It's just kind of a some weird, weird snare hits in there. Yeah. I mean, watching the documentary, Lars definitely is just he's trying new things and trying to be a little, you know, out of the ordinary. I guess. I just didn't think it came out that well. <laughs> what I was gonna say is the desperation in James's voice. That's on on the whole record. That's kind of weak and frantic. Yeah. It works really well in this song. Right. The strain. I like the kind of rim click. Yeah. Something Lars never does. I'm gonna cover this on the next EP. Yeah. Green eggs and ham. Sam, I am. Coming up on the I, mm-hmm. which is a little bit of a blight for me. Yeah. Key change? Did it go up? Uh. I don't no. think so, no. They're just scratching. See, this is the guy that's the king of maniacal laughter. That was like the court jester. That, yeah, that, or it almost sounded like he was about to say, <laughs> like in city slickers. <laughs> like that little clean part could have been a bitchin' riff. Well, no, no, but. Stain in there. Uh, it was. The window's dirty. Someone get a clean window over here. <laughs> I love green eggs and ham. It's <laughs> <sighs> actually what Donna Patrol's about. Those breakfast. those backup eyes are out of tune, bro. They're flat. It's right? Yeah. Yeah, that's. So much potential, man. All right. See, thank God. And that one's only five minutes long. That seemed like a standard pop song at this point. 
All right. Again, with the snare. I just... I wish it was just a... A random little effect they used on a part here and there to kind of give that like kind of weird industrial Nine Inch Nails kind of vibe or something. But it's just the whole time. It's pretty cool. I hate the melody of the verse. Yeah. Yeah, do. cool yeah I think one of the be- the unfortunate results of piecing this record together via Pro Tools is that you have these great riffs these groovy riffs catchy stuff but because they just kind of puzzled everything together, they kind of just get lost in these long-ass songs, you know? Well, I mean, just then, he just sing the first verse twice in a row, exact same verse. Yeah. So he's singing verse one twice and verse two twice. Yeah. With no lyric changes. I understand maybe starting uh, each phrase with the word in, words invisible kid, but then change it from there, you know? That's cool. Cool. It's an interesting melody. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> Is that Rob in there? Uh, no, Rob. No, Rob said Rob wouldn't been there yet. That's right. It's Kurt. Right now. It's a pretty personal song about James when he was a kid. You know? Yeah. He talks about when he connected with his wife. She, you know, he says that she was an invisible kid too. That was one of their big connection points. Right. A lot of the. Uh, a lot of the accounts of James as a kid, he was painfully shy. Yeah. Hardly could talk to anybody. Well, I mean, gosh, even him and Lars kind of joining up initially, like, he didn't want to be the lead singer, you know? Should have called me. Shoot, man. I was one. I was five. I could have done it. All right. We got five and a half more minutes of this song. That, that, that's the problem too, right? Everything that's going to happen in the song has happened, and there right. are five more minutes. Right. Hence, hence the, the the problematic issues with copying and pasting different sections and puzzling us all together. Is that 
yeah, you just you, you come out of stuff like on justice or puppets that are these masterpieces that are yeah they can be seven minutes long and hold your interest and not like I already feel a little fatigued I'm still having a blast by the way I'm hungry for cookies <laughs> Oh, this is cool. This is different. It's pretty cool. That sounds like Pantera. Yeah, I like that. The tone even sounds like Dime. Doesn't that sound like Dime? Yeah. There's some bass. On Bobby Rock, who has a co-write, by the way, on every song on this album. Does Phil? No. <laughs> Oh, this, the singing on this part. Listen to this. <laughs> yeah. What he was kind of channeling when kind of deciding to go with this kind of performance I'd just be curious to know like oh I was, I was listening to a lot of whatever yeah. you know yeah little Lane Staley there chatty chatty day I dig that part is that whammy pedal on the right it sounds like it, or it's bending. Yeah. yeah, it sounded too clean or something for Wendy Pedal. I was wrong. There's some different riffs coming out here that are cool. It's a new Skillet song. He, you know what? He got locked way in his brain. Hey, do you? Two more minutes. Sorry, I fell asleep for a second. What? Yeah. It is good though over the years to see that they they have a sense of humor about this record. Yeah. You know, there was that, that clip of Lars from a few years back where someone brought a snare drum for him to sign at a meet and greet, and he turns the snares off. And he goes, "San Anger turns it on. Black album." I heard him say he's talking about the Grammys they've won, and he's like. Oh, we won. He's like, we won a Grammy for St. Anger? He's like, that doesn't seem right. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, that doesn't make sense, which right. they did. I know. It's crazy. I like the BGVs, like the kind of overlapping. A little call and almost call and response kind of thing. Yeah, it's cool. Cool dark harmonies. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice. Oh, boy, this again. <laughs> it's just, it, man, the, re the repetitiveness of this record, man, it really it kind of wears I feel on like you. we're being as repetitive as the record talking about it. I but know. It's, but I, it's. We didn't come in with the intention of this being like a trash St. Anger Fest. Uh, these are just our honest responses as we listen I'm not, back yeah, to this. I mean, I'm having a blast. I love being here with you and we're listening to St. Anger. Life is tight, man. Life's tight when it's right, right? Yeah, man. 
I'm excited about the next song. I love My World. My World, yeah. But the thing is, for the stuff I like about this album, Dirty Window, My World, Unnamed Feeling, I don't really put it in the same Metallica category. It's yeah. like it's diff- it's its own little world. Yeah. Because you can't compare it to any of their other records in a way that makes any sense. Right. You have to just put it in its own little weird corner and enjoy it in that way. Yeah. In my opinion. Great intro, by the way. Shaka King. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Buddha Khan. Shaka Bra. I think, uh, hey, going back to the snare drum, this is the truth here. I think with that thing turned off, like on that, it doesn't give it the power that it should have. I would have done it with a floor tom and a snare. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's weird vocals. Yeah. Mama. I, I dig these verses. Yeah, there's some cool attitude in this song. For sure. It's my world. It's my world. Tom sound great. I love his sucker line too, right here. Yeah, dude, if that was a big fat full fucking snare. Yeah. Awesome. He just did a chicka ah. Chicka chicka. Dancing devil. Someone wrote possibly a reference to devil's dance. Maybe so. This song is so on its own terms. Yeah. That I like it. I like the power of it. It's just its own weird little thing, man. Yeah. I'd put this up in my probably my top five on the record. Sons of bitches tried to take my head. It's my world. It's my world. Definitely better than the Guns N' Roses song My World, which is an atrocity. Agreed. Shaka Khan. Butthole. This is a head bobber for sure. But it's like it's like the song "Break Stuff" with Limp Bizkit, though. Yeah, that's you'll he- you'll head bop to "Break Stuff." Oh yeah, oh yeah. I don't like the song, but I'll head bop to it. Same with "Rolling." Rolling, rolling, rolling. Yeah. Cool double kick. I mean, that's fast. Oh yeah. Let the bodies hit the floor. 
Oh, I forgot about the enough's enough part. That's pretty rough at the oh, end. Oh, yeah. Enough's 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 enough. He, like, enough. he like ramps it up. Yeah. Why does it always rain on James? <laughs> It's almost like uh, short of straw for a second. Or no, Harvester. He does a lot of vocals on this record that almost sound like an old hardcore band, where you're not really correctly screaming, or uh, <clears throat> you're just kind of yelling as loud as you can, you know? Yeah. That's what I do every morning in the shower. Right. Yeah, we understand. Enough's enough. Check out this enough's enough shit. Bass. Is that like an overdriven bass? Yeah. All right, check this out. That's a bitchin' part. The first half of that's so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> oh boy, shoot me again! I ain't dead yet. Oh boy, here we go. Sounds like Project Eighty Six. It really does. This is cool. This is pretty cool. I mean, it's like, it's kind of brutal. Shoot Me Again is about Metallica's legal battle with Napster. Okay. Made me want to break stuff. Just one really of those Really cool days. riff, but just, you can, again, you can very much so tell that they're trying to adapt to that early 2000s era of music. This is very System of a Down. Check this out right here. When he starts doing that, what about it in my back? Ha! Totally. Surge tanking or whatever. Uh, Tanakin, have you seen this? Apparently that band's having some weird inner, yeah. inner turmoil. Yeah. But their drummer's going real... Uh, real right wing. Real right wing all of a sudden. I don't know. Maybe it was that way before. I don't know. But Here's, here's where it starts sounding like Surge. Check this out on this verse. Shit, I got it wrong. <laughs> he starts adding a line at the I end. I believe you. I believe you. Hmm. Roll Tide, boy. Yeah. We'll go bow hunting later Roll with my friends. Well, I reckon I'm gonna help you get the car out there to the town drive. Thank <laughs> you. 
can't. That's a straight up rap rock riff. Boom, boom. That would have been really weird for them to finish this record and then learn the whole thing to do that performance on the bonus DVD. Because yeah. it wasn't like they really played all these songs in their entirety before because they were adding stuff to them. Uh, okay, here's finally the thing I've been talking about right here. I promise. Right there. Yeah. Wake up. You want to. Chop suey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, imagine learning this record. I mean, it would be so daunting because it's so long and strange. I don't think I've learned one song on this record on guitar. I learned The Unnamed Feeling yeah. when, I, when I covered it, but... I like these longer legato notes. Yeah, those are kind of cool. Well, I don't reckon I'd want to shoot chicken, James. Well, I don't want to go to jail twice. <laughs> Today. Well, non-violence is a way to go forward. Well, James, I reckon I don't want to shoot you. How about a handshake? <laughs> I like that down in and in and How many minutes we got left in this one? Like three minutes? Three. I think the song could be done by now. I mean, it's kind of a common thread on this, but. But hey, what do we got to do for the next three minutes? Let's listen. I really try and have tried over, over the years of this podcast especially to try to understand that there are people that love this record yeah and I don't understand why I, I, I'm trying to I, I, I and listen I acknowledge there's some really cool riffs on here some heavy parts some fast parts um, there's some good moments on James's vocals minus the dryness of them and maybe some of the performance issues but like, my, my like, theory is that it has everything to do with how old they were when they heard it yeah yeah like there, when we when we did that, you know, rate rate your Metallica records one through ten. There was people that put this not at number ten. Well, people hate Reload. People really, really hate Reload. It was anything, any album that Sandinger did better than was always Reload. Maybe Load, but people for some weird reason, people really tolerate Load a lot more. See, I I prefer Reload. I do too. But I love them both, so that's no big deal. There for was me. somebody I don't remember who it was that put Kill 'Em All at number ten. I just kill them all is pretty pretty low for me, Under, and that's understandable. Totally, but they only got ten albums. But below Saint Anger. Oh yeah, no fucking way. No way. I would put just the Four Horsemen above Saint Anger alone. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Kind of weird. Wake the beast. That's fun. Do you maybe think that they were in, in this headspace where they were like loving what they were recording? Were they, were they thinking like, is this a return to form? Is this our next justice? Or was this something new to them too? There's no way they were thinking this is a return to form. It's like what, what were the bands they were, that Kirk and, and Lars talking about? They were like saying it was like Mashuga. Yeah. And that band that Jason knew said was like, there's no fucking way they sound like whoever that reference was. Uh, what was that? Shoot. Like Carcass or something? Might have been Carcass. I'm just waiting for them to start writing some songs about fucking dead bodies and coming blood and coming stuff. blood. That you seemed pretty shocked by those lyrics. I was. Well, can I tell you something? Dude, All of those the lyrics are like that. one. Yeah. Like. Yeah. You seemed legitimately shocked because I, I, I could tell by looking at your face you had never you never really read them, have you? No, I haven't. No. Well, they're all like that. Yeah, I don't want to read anymore. So, what do you think about a band that makes fifteen records that are all like that? There's. It seems insane. Clinically speaking. I like that riff. There are a lot of those kind of stops on this album. Yeah, there's a lot of, sim- a lot of symbol catching. Don't stab mine. Dig this intro. How sweet is this intro? <laughs> I oh. can't remember. Oh, intro, how sweet are you? I wash your back so I don't smell slime. Okay. A lot of these, a lot of these lyrics sound like you know when you uh, you've maybe written music for a song, haven't gotten lyrics in yet. Like and what James does a lot, he kind of mumbles over them. Called dummy lyrics. Yeah, I do it all the time, and sometimes lyrics will come out of that. You know. I love that lie to get a smile. That's that's a cool image. Yeah. But see, the repetitiveness, man. Like, write some more lyrics, bro. Yeah. It it really. It's cool. It really. By the way, it, that's also Saint Anger right there. I'm gonna come back, so I'll point out again. Interesting delay on the vocal. I've never really honed in on that. Uh, the repetitiveness really is a symptom of lack of create creativity. Yeah, like, I agree. I think he just ran out. You know, like you, you have moments where. You're not inspired. It's not coming. Yeah, for sure. But they have an album to write and make. That's a big reason why he probably didn't fight the other guy's input. Is because I don't think he had anything to give. I don't think he was inspired. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I mean, mean, obviously. Yeah. This is the, this, this isn't the result of somebody who's inspired to make a record. Right. Um, it's unfortunate. So I think, so I think he felt like the tank was empty. 
he was super raw. Yeah. Because he talked about how in the program, they basically destroy you. They destroy your ego. Oh, yeah. And then you re have to rebuild from that. Real quick, this is the part coming out. It's, it's like the slower version of Sen Anger. Uh, on the bump, 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 bump. It kind of happens again. That. Uh, but yeah, back to your point. Rehab is. That's kind of a key to this album that I'm realizing is. Uh, we've been saying earlier, we were like, why didn't he just make this personal album himself? He's the one that went through this right. shit. But I'm realizing reading all this, like this really seeing it written on the paper, the page like this, I don't think he had anything. Yeah. I don't think he could do any better. This is as good as he had at that time. Yeah. And that's and that's fine. I mean, that happens to some of the best artists of all time. There's records that artists that we highly respect, they make shitty records sometimes, you know? There's not a lot of artists out there that, that every single record is fucking great, you know? There's a few. Like, almost every section of this album is repeated, lyrically. Yeah. There's no... I mean, everyone knows this. In most songs, you repeat a chorus. Sure. The chorus happens three times. The verses kind of have a template, but they're completely different. Yeah. You're telling a story. You're moving from A to B. This whole album is like... First verse, repeat, 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 repeat. Pre-chorus, repeat, repeat. Yeah. Chorus, repeat, repeat. And then just do all that again with largely the same lyrics. Yeah, I know. It's it's very strange. Uh, pretty sweet. Like in these couplets here, like in that bridge, she holds the pen that spells the end. She traces me and draws me in. Yeah. Instead of repeating that in this setback half, evolve that lyric. Right. This was so good. <laughs> this artwork, man. Yeah, it's killer. It, it, it was very misleading, you know? Dude, you know what I was looking at today in the vinyl? Open that up, the gatefold. That picture of them is so awesome. It's look how, great. Look how amazing James looks. Yeah. Like, James looks badass in that picture. It looks awesome. Lara's doing his kind of his kissy face. <laughs> kissy poo. All right, un Unnamed Feeling would represent another highlight of the album for me. Yeah. Now, this is probably the best lyric on the album. It, it, everything I'm talking about, he he does he does of a normal Hetfield quality on this out on this uh, song. Right. In my opinion, describing depression as an mm -hmm. unnamed feeling. Yeah. Uh, but, but look at this. Starts with him saying "been here before" like ten times. Yeah, but it's cool because he sets it up because the first lyric to the verse has been here before, but then he—it's a real verse. Yeah. See, see, you can even see it on the page. No repeats. Yeah. Uh, on the the right side of the the, the mix, that. Wow! Wow! That's very of that era, man. It's yeah. a very rap rock, new metal kind of. I like this melody. 
This is the first time on this record that it feels like a normal verse. It does to yeah. me. You're right. With no, the phrasing, no, the, the phrasing is pocketed. The melody is real. Harmony comes in on the back half. Yep. And it doesn't repeat anything. Right. You're correct. Look inside to see what's coming. Now we get the repeated, repetitive stuff. Yeah. Same two lines. Mm-hmm. Cool chorus, man. Yeah. There's a lot of those, that one-two chord to that. There's a lot of that on this record. Really cool interplay with the panned guitars. Mm -hmm. I diet a little more. Not me. I need to diet a little more. <laughs> Harmonies are dope. Yeah. We're really strange harmonies. There's something an octave up on one of them. Yeah. But there's a cool weird low end on the left. You hear it? Mm -hmm. It's a low end. Yeah. Two choruses in a row. It's cool. Yeah, and I love it. It's the big, the big yeah. chorus. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if the rest of the album was this quality, it still sounds like Saint Anger. The you know. Yeah. But if it was this songwriting quality, it would have definitely be, be taken a different up story. A lot. Oh yeah, for sure. Here's the second guitar solo from the whole album. There it is. Take it, Kirk. Symbol grabs. It seems like yeah, a lot of that. This is pretty cringy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a rough part, man. It's a shame. 
there's not a single song that can get by its five to eight minute length without a moment where you're like, ah, fuck. Yeah. Like, there's not a single song that burns down where you're like, all right, cool. Yeah, that was rad. That's unfortunate for a band that's fucking good, dude. I know. Well, luckily, you know, we we know what happened happened after this, and back on the back on the train tracks. Fortunately, we know how the story ends. And that story ends. It is it actually not ended. It is thus henceforth the story carrying onward. They shed their mortal coils and ended their lives as mortals. I like this last chorus. It's got some triplets. Da-da, yeah. da-da. Some pretty cool rhythmic stuff. Yeah. I'd almost love to hear this chorus just wide open, just open chords. Yeah. You know. Um, but, I mean, they, they were plugging in little, that kind of stuff all over the place in this record. is. It's like they would, maybe that chorus originally was just James going, hey, what about this on acoustic guitar? And then maybe overcomplicated a little bit. Seems like there's those kind of nuggets everywhere in this record. Only 20 minutes left of this song. <laughs> that super compressed, clean sounds really cool, too. It's dark. It's Yeah. I still got the Cannibal Corpse lyrics up here if you want to check some you out. You certainly do. Necropedophile. You know what that song's about? Uh, I, I don't want to... <laughs> I couldn't ever cover... Look at, these, look at these lyrics, man. A Cannibal Corpse song. I would not want to read those things. This song is about him fucking kids. Intercourse with infants, cutting heads on top of spikes, boiling skin, skin sliding off bones. Ugh. It's sick. It's Yeah. It's... I believed you before, but now I have seen it with thine own eyes. Now, this is generally considered their worst song. I don't like it. <laughs> Purify. You and I. Here's some of that Bob Rock bass. I always hated that drum beat. Four on the floor and then doing this thing, it just sounds goofy to me. It's a cool riff. make it this far into the record you're, you're definitely convinced at this point that the snare, snare sound is not changing <laughs> after the first song you're like uh, I guess this is how it is still waiting for it to sound like a uh, load <laughs> you're like, or just to turn the snares on you know just flip that switch and still waiting that all this is the second penultimate song right this one's pretty rough man yeah, it is. I think I'd rather hear 
the cryptic stench by <laughs> Entrails ripped from a virgin's cunt. That's what? the name Why? of a song, bro. Why? Oh no, but it's okay. He likes he likes video games and, and ponies. And his ponies on and his farm. And he's a fucking vegan or whatever the fuck. That's the, those are the cow decapitation guys. Post mortal ejaculation. Veganism Ponies on farms <laughs> Oh shit Oh jeez How could you defend this fucking band dude What we got now? Fucked with a knife. That's a what a wonderful uh, song title. I don't even want you to read those lyrics. It's called "She Was Asking for It." Is, have you read this before? Oh yeah. Is that one about what I assume it's about? Yeah. Like someone getting raped and they asked for it. I, dude, it's way beyond that. Maybe on rape. You you know what's cr- in, even more insane than, than I think than these lyrics right now is that now I'm cu- I'm I'm curious. Now I kind of want to go home and read some of this stuff. But but okay. So taking the sample of the all right, and then imagine saying it's just like Wes Craven. No, no, no it's not. I disagree. Is I kind of you know you know I, it's like Nightmare on Elm Street. What? No. It's like <laughs> it's like Night of the Living Dead. Oh my gosh. I'm listening to James right now. I would like to be purified of that nonsense. I mean, read these lyrics, dude. It's cool sounding shit. Yeah, I like that riff. <laughs> nice transition, huh? Yeah, I don't. I'm not not into it. Not into it. I don't want to read that one. Listen here. If Clint Wells, horror movie fanatic, is reacting to lyrics like this, you know something's messed up. We're gonna go out on a. A ting-ting like no other. Oh, yeah. The, one of the tingiest. This is another highlight. This is another good piece of work here. Yeah. It just suffers from the St. Anger, uh, same St. Anger problems. Right. And, of course, sadly, the song about Jason, about squeezing Jason too tight and, yeah. and losing him. Right. Sad. Very. Sad. Sad. One of my favorite sounds on this album is about to happen. Sounds like the Deftones right here, right after this. A lot of these kinds of stops. Check this out. Yeah. Sounds like White Pony. I watched you change. Yeah, it does. 
That's a cool little melody. The too. guitar on the left is a little weird. Or gr- mubbly, mubbly, mubbly. And then the cool part's gone. It's like, damn, I wish they would have spent more time in that world. Well, the way James is singing this verse, it's like, like Lars, we don't we don't need that beat right there. When it was all chill, the halftime. I know. God, it's so cool. That guitar on the left's really cool. That's cool. Josatriani Midnight. Some pre-ghost type harmony chanting. Yeah. What do you think about that staccato? Bop, 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 bop. I'd rather hear it open. open. Yeah, I'd rather hear it open too. But I'm guessing for them in the studio, man, they were like, "Oh, that's what we uh, that's what we would normally do. Let's not do that." We yeah, normally we just open that chorus up, but that's not what we're trying to do in this record. Clint, by the way, Clint's still looking at Cannibal Corpse lyrics right now. For those that aren't watching this on YouTube. With so much great music in the world, so much beautiful shit. Yeah. You're going to listen to that shit? I've been doing it for 30 years. It's crazy. I assume you've... you've gl- I, I, I've seen their artwork. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not... But that's fine with me. That's metal tradition. It is, yeah. Some gnarly stuff, though. Oh, it's harmless. It's a shtick. That's <laughs> my, my part, dude. I could listen to a whole album of this vibe, dude. Totally. I love this. God. All within my hands. There's that cool little melody at the end. Well, as he did on the intro. Pump me up. Yeah. It's just too, yeah, it's too <laughs> bouncy right there. There we go. Well. But he doesn't know what to do. That, you know, he doesn't have the. I think back, back to your, uh, your point earlier about kind of running out of gas. Yeah. I don't think any of them really had much. Look to give to the record. You well, know? The mater- yeah, I mean the material. It doesn't inspire. It's not inspiring. Yeah. Another kind of buzzy, sober lyric. Loves control. I'll die if I let go. Yeah. Everyone, stand up and say that in the circle. Oh, yeah. I will say, man, the the dynamics of this album are impressive. Absolutely, real quiet, real loud, a lot of tempo changes. Yeah, real fast, real sludgy. Uh, sludgy, wide open, chuggy, syncopated chugs, blast beats. It's a lot of stuff. It's 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 respectable. Yeah, for sure. Now I don't know that when the next time I'm going to listen to this is. Probably right, a- right after this. I'll listen on the way home. My wife's going to text me, where are you? I'm like, sorry. I'm still driving around the block trying to finish Sanger for the second time in one day. This part's cool. 
Well, it's like as soon as it's here, it's gone. Yeah. That's another complaint of mine. About to get into the old kill, kill, kill section. There's these great riffs that happen, and then they just go away so quick. And then the ones that aren't as good stick around for longer, and that, that always kind of bothered me about the, the whole record. It's cool. Halftime over, this would be fun, but they don't do that. in the vocal that's supposed to be strong. Yeah. It just doesn't feel like it has purpose. The melody, the lyric. Yeah. This has got to be so frustrating. This episode might really frustrate a lot of people, but... Uh, well, that's fine. I mean... But it... In that way, it, it, I don't know, it's like a symbol for the album. It's, it's, yeah, again, I mean, people, people have heard our thoughts on San Diego for three and a half years. So for us to sit down and listen to it and do commentary over it, I, I don't know what else you expect us to say. I'm at least trying to elaborate on, on thoughts I've had on this record for a long time and maybe set examples, but. I do prefer the new kind of stripped down acoustic version. Yeah. Except for that cool Deftones sound. I know. That's one of the coolest sounds on the whole record. Absolutely. For sure. I like this thing too. This scream. Kirk's third solo. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's already gone. Well, they ended up kind of shoehorning solos in when they played these tunes live. Yeah. All right, we got one more minute. We're almost there, guys. Oh, here, here's this is an interesting part. Oh yeah. Is the Cannibal Corpse guy? Yeah. Maybe he went. Does he want to kill the pony on the farm? And then just rhythmically, it, <coughs> dude. It, I'm sorry. I mean, it's obvious. Obviously not funny to him. Okay. Of course. I don't want to make fun of that. No, no, no. I love him. I love James Hetfield. I appreciate him and where he's coming from. But damn, that's tough. Well, again, I mean, I said earlier, none of our thoughts and criticisms of the record are in any way disrespectful or disrespectful to what James was going through at the time and coming out of rehab and writing some lyrics about that kind of stuff but it's just yeah I think back to your point which I think was probably the best point of the episode is he was just he had nothing left in the tank man and that's okay like every writer gets to that place I've never just sat down and read the lyrics that way so that that was like a big takeaway was wow I mean you can obviously hear the repetition but just seeing it on the page like that mm-hmm 
and I've been there. I've been in a place of writing where I just couldn't get anything on the page that was worth a shit. Right. And so I can even see too how maybe even philosophically that might have become uh, an aesthetic of the record. Hey, mm-hmm. we're gonna make we're gonna pummel you with the record, and part of pummeling you, instead of it being like kill them all type pummeling, right, or cannibal corpse type pummeling, mm-hmm. where we're just gonna pummel you with the most insane lyrics ever. They're like we're just gonna be really repetitive and hammer these themes in. Yeah. So maybe that was uh, intentional. Maybe so. I don't know. Let me call Lars real quick and ask him. Lars. I will say this. Okay, so here's some positive takeaways. The the commitment... So whatever the St. Anger thing is, it's a very unique flavor. Mm-hmm. They commit to it. I mean, it's... Oh, yeah. That's what this album is. Uh, how many songs? 11? Start to finish, man. It's it's 11 songs of that thing. Yeah. So in that way, it's cool because it... it I don't know. That's almost an argument against the tank thing, too, because they could have put together some sloppy weird um sort of a dis dislocated shit like with presidio stuff that was kind of ambient and Mm -hmm. weird and then their new hq stuff they could have just thrown a bunch of bullshit together i think this is probably the the best 11 moments most fleshed out recorded that that they were of the material they were fucking around with at the time yeah for sure yeah they knocked they knocked it out of the park with the artwork oh my gosh artwork's amazing Pusshead stuff, photos beautiful on the inside. That Bound Angel sick, the back with the that's like clap more classic Pusshead than the fist. Yeah, for wearing sure. the fist necklace. Uh it's all right. So big takeaways. This is an album that I do believe they had to make. I think so. I think you're right. I think I there's an argument to be made that it could have maybe not been properly released like a you know, one of the ten Metallica records. Right. Cause in that regard it doesn't hold up it's its own thing but at the time man they they were backing it yeah they were they no were shit. totally back yeah it. And we heard that on the icon episode last mm-hmm. week mm-hmm. you know lars was talking about how excited he was about putting on one of their best records or whatever and i'd love to do a deep dive interview with them about it about saint anger yeah uh you know we've heard them talk a lot about justice and the, of course the black album yeah of we've, course we've heard a lot about puppets we haven't heard a lot about Load and Reload or about St. Anger. Mm-hmm. I know we have the documentary. We know a lot about them at the time, but I haven't really seen a lot of... At the 30th anniversary shows in 2011, when they play those songs, yeah. they play Dirty Window and I think Frantic with Bob Rock on bass. And James is like, they're like getting the bass, they're getting Bob Rock ready to play and James is kind of just talking to the crowd and he's like, anyone like St. Anger? And you, it's kind of a thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. And of course, in a group of a thousand diehard Metallica fans, you're going to have some people in there that are like, fuck yeah, San Anger's my album. Yeah, for we sure. Have, we know people who are like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, Blake Talica, you know, he's got the San Anger tattoo on his, yeah, on his he damn does. head. Yep. But James goes, he's like, well, you know, he's like, that record found its people. And I thought that was cool. It's That's like, a good way to put it. He's like, that was a record we had to make. We didn't give a fuck what anyone thought about it. That's, that's where we were at. So he, I feel like they would speak of it in that way. But I do think it's clear in how little they play it live, what they really think about it. Right. Yeah. They, they, it, in terms of it, can't really sit side by side their classic material. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll, sometimes they'll play more songs off of. I mean, the most in one show they've done, at least in recent years, is just two songs: mm-hmm. "Frantic" and "Saint Anger." Mm-hmm. I mean, there's shows where they're playing three songs off "Kill 'Em All." You know, it's like, right? Yeah, it, it, yeah. As as the touring history has shown since this record came out. How what their true feelings are about the record, but like I said earlier, I think it's great that they have a good sense of humor about it. And James is right that this record has found its people. Mm-hmm. There are people that were the same age that I was when I discovered Injustice for All, 
that this is the first record they heard. And they're mm-hmm. like, whoa, what is this? Right. So, and that's, you know, to each their own. That's how you discover it. And if you love it, great. Um, I mean, here's what it's not, you know, it's not a record you can just dismiss. It's not a record that's like, oh, I don't really care either way. And in that way, that's cool to I, me. I can dismiss Lulu. Right. Well, we're going to get to that in 2011. Mm, I know. We'll deal with it. We'll we'll have fun with it. Oh, no, it'll be a good time. Well, look, write in show at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. You know, let us know if the album has aged better for you. Is it the album you came online with? Um, I don't think at this stage of the podcast or the fandom in our personal lives that any big revelations are going to happen. So right. let's not uh, let's not do the a, a dissertation on St. Anger. But just hearing some brief stories about like, no, that actually is my record. That's the one that I love. That's the one I yeah. feel connected to. Maybe it's it's connected to you in some way with your own personal journey through sobriety. Yeah. And the, I, I like that story. Oh, I, of course. I, yeah. I like hearing that. Everyone's got their own flavor. Pizza's in the fridge. Mm-hmm. To go back to some OG Metal Every Podcast language. That's right. Um, and unless we're talking about Cannibal Corpse, there's really no wrong answer here. <laughs> you can like it. You can not like it. It's subjective. It's fun. It's, yeah, a ba- it's, it's a band we love. It's the best part about music, man. And it's an album that they may not... Um, it's an album that without them making it, they may not have survived that time. Agreed. Yeah. So in that way, I'm grateful to that to that body of work. I mean, yeah, if it, if it wasn't for this record, there's a, there is a chance that we wouldn't have had the last almost, what, 17 years of Metallica? Right. That's insane to think about. Right. Not, not have two amazing records, not have an S&M 2, not have these wonderful box sets. The story of the album is really bigger than those 11 songs. It's the story yeah. of the one of the greatest bands of all time that's brought us so much joy that it's such a huge part of our lives. It's the story of them surviving mm-hmm. a, you know, a season that most bands would not have survived. Correct. So in that way, uh, I got nothing but love for it, man. Of course, yeah. Well, it was good to see you. Good to see you, too. Good to be back in the room again. We're going to be kicking it. Uh, we're going to be doing this together again now. Now that we're, we've sort of crested a little bit of... Uh, and it feels so good. They'll never tear us apart. I, <laughs> I was alone. Okay, well, you know what to do out there in Metal Group Podcast Land, right? Leave the review. Leave the review. Let us know anything about St. Anger. Join us on Patreon and the social media world. Listen, we're not going to be done anytime soon. we got work to do here at Metal Group Podcast Land. So you need to go check out patreon.com slash metal lippy podcast you're going to get a ton of shit as soon mm-hmm. as you sign up and your support over there especially in a time when ethan and i literally don't have jobs right because our industry is completely shut down that support really means a lot to us and when the story finally does end you're going to want to say i helped make that thing cool totally so i'll leave you all with that we do hope you're all well out there in coronavirus pandemic protest yeah. land be safe uh, i know a lot of states are opening back up in different phases states are opening it's scary the virus is still here we all know this we're not going to make this a political virus podcast but no, we do hope that what it is whatever you're having to do to get back to work or um or to get back to some sort of normalcy for your mental health we just hope you're being safe and yeah. that you're keeping uh, the safety of other more vulnerable people in mind yeah, when you're thinking about whether or not to wear a mask or to go to a party. Right. We do love you out there in Metal Up Your Podcast land. Come hang out with us during the week on the socials. And with that, my my friend, I will say peace. Adios. <laughs> Or what would you say? Then I would say, delete that. <laughs>